Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dusso. So recently, I checked out this video on YouTube, and it just got my mind just firing. Just and I dive, I dove into a rabbit hole, and I went deeper and deeper, and. I've been reading a new book, and I'll go over that in a later episode when I finish it. I'm like 90% finished, and I've been reading books very frequently, daily, and I've just been learning a whole lot of new material, and this just like really got me excited. And I think my, I think I know where I want to, like, focus, like, laser focus my attention on for my, I guess, studies, where I want to really make that my shtick basically and that is perspectives and how everyone has a different perspective and like his like historical figures public figures now myself my experiences with other people and like writing down their experiences and going through different perspectives and like how we can try to understand ourselves because once I I look within and I can understand myself I can start to look at others and understand myself even more because I see myself in them I see their habits their characteristics their character their actions what they do in certain situations And it helps me with perspectives on myself in my own situations. And I think this will be something that is useful for others. Because if I had this when I was in a time of need, then uh, I think it would have really, really helped me out. So that's why I want to kind of find my my uh, my niche so that's where I'm gonna go but with this video it's called time lapse of the future a journey to the end of time and the channel is called melody sheep I'll link it in the show notes and it's about a half hour long and it shows from the time of now until the end of the universe and this is all as we know it now and this is all it's you know it's a a theory it's not true we don't know where our technology is going we don't know what the universe is really gonna do it's chaos it's we we try to make it up as we go we try to understand that's what science is and things change and chances happen and Quantum physics, like, what's that? (laughs) Um, Like, there's just crazy stuff, you know? And 
Well, basically, I want you to watch this video with an open mind and just pretend this is in, in, in its reality, in its universe, this is true. So this helps you just apply the story to yourself. So it, it's a good one. Please watch it. Highly recommend it. I'm going to talk a tiny bit about it. And it just kind of threw me in a rabbit hole. I'm just going to go on a big tangent and spiels and everything. So here we go. I'm going to start off with how special you are. So some people, you know, are having a hard time in life. Some people feel like they're not that special. And some people feel that no one's paying attention to them that everything they do is for nothing and that they just don't have a talent. They suck. Nothing's going for them in life. So, and they see everyone else and how well they're doing. The average male will produce roughly 525 billion sperm cells over a lifetime and shed at least 1 billion of them per month. A healthy adult male can release between 40 million and 1.2 billion sperm cells in a single ejaculation. In contrast, women are born with an average of 2 million egg follicles, the reproductive structures that give rise to eggs. By puberty, puberty a majority of those follicles close up and only about 450 will ever release mature eggs for fertilization. So... That's just how rare you are. You're one of those lucky sperm cells that happen to pair up with a egg and get fertilized. So just that alone shows how strong you are compared to the other sperm cells and shows how rare you are because out of out of like 1.2 billion sperm cells, you're the one chosen. Pretty cool, right? Also, a man and a woman have to pair up for this to happen. That's unique of itself. There are 7.7 .7 billion people on this earth. And your parents chose to mate out of all of those. So, all of these coincidences. So, their entire life led up to that point of meeting the other parent. And they had to hit it off at some point, you know. And have sex. And that's unique then just you know 1.2 billion sperm cells of that dude your dad and your mom had to be you know ovulating had to be fertile and chance boom you were uh, a thought so that that's uh right there very unique and lucky to be alive on this earth Otherwise, you wouldn't have happened. And I know you could be thinking, yeah, but why does this matter to me? Like, I get it. Like, I'm a person. It's cool. You know, it's better than being the seaweed. You know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be a seaweed. could be really cool. But I I get it. Not very inspiring, but... Cool, nonetheless, right? 
As a fraction of the lifespan of the universe, measured from its beginning to end, life as we know it, is only possible for one thousandth of a billion, 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 billionth of a percent. That's how rare life is. Like, out of the whole span of the lifetime of the universe, it's only possible for that fraction of a percent. That's how long life flourishes. Because life as we know it is only here on Earth. We don't have any signs of life forms anywhere else. Now, the possibility... Yes, because we're alive. So it is possible for other life to be. But eh, we don't have any proof right now. So otherwise, they would have been looking for other life forms as well. We, you'd think something would have happened. Still can. We have time. And let's just say we're the only ones alive. So that's how special we are that we happen to be on earth that the big bang was by chance and that we're still alive but you know we're not going to be alive forever not on earth there's going to be the sun there's going to be that's going to explode it's going to cook us we're going to have there's going to be there could be asteroids a massive volcano eruption, nuclear war. You know, it's very possible that any time we could just be wiped out. It sucks because most likely it's going to be ourselves, I would think, versus the sun. Like, that's in a long time. Still going to happen, but, you know, we'll see. According to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. Of those, 80% are negative and 95% are repetitive thoughts. So, knowing this, knowing what's under the hood, what's in your programming, once you're aware of this and you're conscious of the thoughts you are having having, and you're noticing that they are negative, you can disperse that. You can cut it. You can stop it in its tracks. That's what I would do. Well, that's what I did do. And I did this at work, and I've mentioned this many of times, that when I'm at work... You're in your mind, and when something negative pops up, I say, I don't want to think about that right now. I want to be in the present, so I can focus on something in the present, anything. Anything such as, it could be a light, a color, it could be um, a person, you know, you can notice something they're wearing, how beautiful they are, it could be 
singing. It could be just thinking about something else or just focusing on your breath or anything like that, you know. And then you get caught up in your mind again. It happens again that you've got to focus on that like a muscle. So you got to keep repeating it and you get better. And then once you start doing that, you can replace those repetitive thoughts with thoughts you want. You can hack your system. And once you start doing this, you start living life instead of existing. But that's a lot of thoughts. I know my, my mind goes crazy. I think all the time. But to keep track of that many thoughts, 12,000 to 60,000, I don't do that. And I write a lot of notes. And yeah, I'm lucky to catch, jeez, 100 thoughts, you know. So that's why it's really important to write down your thoughts and how you feel, especially if you're doing it on a day-to-day basis and you can backtrack and see. So yeah, try to keep that in mind and try to try to pick your repetitive thoughts and start to see your life go in the direction you want. And negative things happen. We cannot control the world, the people in the world, what happens to you. We can control our attitude and our perspective. That's it, though. Things are going to, are going to happen to you. So you have no choice, and it's going to impact you negatively. It just happens. It is, we are human beings. It's in our nature. It's in our DNA. We have chemicals that go on. And it's we have stuff we don't need anymore, and there's nothing we can do about that, like the fight-or-flight system. Like We don't need to worry about a saber-toothed tiger trying to eat us, but we still have that same function. Same function as cavemen we still have. So it is a problem, but once you are aware of that, we can learn to be in the now and let our emotions subside and just staying calm and thinking with reason, just being aware. So here's, I, I wrote down some quotes. Tony, Tony Robbins says, we live in either of the two mental states, a beautiful state or a suffering state. A beautiful state is when you feel love, joy, gratitude, awe, playfulness, ease, creativity, drive, caring, growth, curiosity, or appreciation. A suffering state is when you feel stressed out, worried, frustrated, angry, depressed, irritable, overwhelmed, resentful, or fearful. And I believe this to be true that we are it can be a minute by minute basis just look if you have a a young child you know i have a two-year-old daughter about to be three and her emotions are just at a snap of the fingers like they change that quick if she can't get something she if she wants something and she's not allowed to have it you know she can throw a fit She's, you know, she can. I'm going to let her. But 
Like it just shows that her emotions just flip. Like she doesn't know how to control it. She's growing. She needs. That's her job in life is to learn about these emotions and about the world and curiosity. So I have to be compassionate. But there's adults that do this too. And when you're doing that, when you're in that state, when you flip into that negative state where you're angry or resentful or envious, greedy, selfish, narcissist, when you're in that state, you cannot be happy. It's impossible. You cannot be in joy, content. You cannot be in gratitude when you're feeling selfish. It's impossible. Same thing on the flip side. If you're doing very well in life because you worked for it and you got the results and you are just feeling accomplished and joyful and you're content and you're just having the time of your life, it's like nothing can stop you. The things that are, you're like bulletproof. The things don't matter. Like you, you, you got it going on. So you're in two different states. So what state are you in? And if you, by being conscious of it and being the observer of your emotions, you can let it be like a train of thought and don't hold on to it. Get off that stop and let that train go takes practice a man is but the product of his thoughts what he thinks he becomes Mahatma Gandhi watch your thoughts they become words watch your words they become actions watch your actions they become habits watch your habits they become character watch your character it becomes your destiny. Lao Tzu. That's how, that is how powerful a thought is. One thought can become your destiny if you highly pinpoint focus on that thought. Manifestation. It's a powerful tool. It's real. It, it takes work. It's not just like, well, I'm going to make a million dollars and then you have a million dollars. It's more like, what does it take to get there? Well, I have to have a job. I have to have multiple revenues. Maybe I do stocks. Maybe I invent. Maybe I invest. Maybe I have, uh, I hire people to outsource so I can make money faster and push more products through, you know? And then all of a sudden, you're a millionaire. You just know the formula. And you can put that formula towards everything you do. You know, same thing the other way. If you think you're not good enough, then your actions, you know, you give up. You know, you don't even try. Then that becomes a habit. And then that becomes your character because you put off that energy and people absorb that energy from you they feel that coming off of you and then it becomes your destiny because if you feel that way everyone's gonna see you that way 
I don't know how to pronounce this, but it is the Copernician principle. We are not privileged observers of the world around us. We don't occupy a unique place in the universe. We are profoundly ordinary. We are not special. Earth has been proven to not be the center of our solar system. So, you know, this kind of maybe ironic, maybe, you know, I'm saying like, you don't know how special you are, but at the same time, we have to be humble. Like we're not so much better than the other person. We thought we were so special that we're the center of the universe and earth is the center of our solar system and everything revolves around us. We are gods. Well, didn't turn out to be that way. Turned out to be we revolve around the sun with all the other planets. And our solar system, our galaxy is the only one. There are billions of other ones. So we are not exactly that special. But at the same time, We can be humble and we can enjoy our life in harmony. Well, what sort of. So the world does not revolve around you. We may feel that way. We may feel that everything revolves around us. It's kind of hard not to think that way. You are you. Everything happens to you. So... Knowing that there are other people that have the same thoughts, have the same chemical reactions that cause emotions in your body, that causes a feedback loop in your brain and you keep having those repetitive thoughts and you're letting your body, your emotions dictate what you do and think and those are your actions and your characters and your destiny, you're going to keep repeating. But if you understand that's in someone else, you can have sympathy, you can have compassion, understanding. You know how it is to walk in their shoes because you have the empathy. You understand that, wow, they're special, they're unique too. They have characteristics that are unlike mine, but also like mine. And we can relate, we can talk, have a discussion, have a good time, have an impact, which can impact other people and they impact other people. It turns out to be thousands turns out to be millions, turns out to be everyone is impacted by phenomena, by, you know, music like the Beatles, by Martin Luther King, by Einstein, by Gandhi, by so many people, right? Like, they've influenced a lot of people, all because they know the world doesn't revolve around them. They're not so special. You know, people look up to them like, wow, I don't know how you do it. And they're like, you know, I don't know how I do it either. But just with a little bit of work, I got there just because I thought I could get there. So you're not so special. But you are unique. 
everyone's unique and we can all relate to each other. And we understand just like how the earth revolves around the sun, like the other planets, we can be like earth and revolve around life and be in the moment. We have a billion people in the world in object poverty, which could be alleviated by the wealth of the thousand richest people on the planet. That we allow that to continue surely says something significant about how much or how little moral progress we have made since medieval times. Martin Rees. So this shows that Human nature has always been the same. We have tools we create. So we've came a long way. We're now in the technological era. Probably the second one, maybe even third. And we create tools and our tools then create us. So that's how we do evolve per se. But it doesn't change our, it's like a different arena, same game, different arena. We've always been the way we've been. We're just in a different era. So the best we can do is focus on ourselves within and how to change ourselves within versus changing everyone else. change your own world within you see the world change but simplest simpler said than done humanity hasn't changed all that much in terms of physique and mentality if because of technology or space travel or some other development evolution starts to happen on a much faster time scale it will have important consequences for human life For instance, we can still enjoy the literature written by Greek and Roman authors more than 2,000 years ago. Because the character of human beings hasn't changed all that much, and we recognize their emotional lives in our own world, but if we think of what could happen with bioengineering techniques or artificial intelligence, it's entirely possible that humans, a century or two from now, will have only an algorithmic understanding of us And what we were like, if that happened, if we lose this continuity between generations of human beings, that will be a total game changer. I don't know what will come next, but we will have entered a new phase of human evolution. That is pretty crazy. And I am a firm believer that not much change will come of our world until we have artificial intelligence. Something that can run, you know, trillions and trillions and trillions of scenarios to in a second to come up with the best result that your outcome you're looking for. Something we can't do. We can't compute that. And something that knows, you know, the best solution for our government, for our poverty, finance, our our school system, 
uh, how to get off Earth, how to fix our problems with Earth, like global warming, or uh, the cars, like how to, like what's the best solution for cars, like going all electronic and having batteries, or keeping it the way it is, or there's a better fuel to use, or um, how to engineer food, like kind of like Star Trek or something, you know the this the protein printer you know how to do that like so only artificial intelligence because you would have to have super intelligence i would i would think that's what's going to solve the human errors that we keep doing over and over the warfare how to stop having war so doing that will like i said before we created tools and the tools create us a feedback loop. So we become the tools we create. We do that now. Facebook, social media. We see these avatars. We become these avatars. And we kind of forget who we are. We kind of lose our identity in that. That's because we created that and we become that. So who knows what we create in the future. Could be good, could be bad. I'm a firm believer of it's going to be both. Everything you made for good, there's going to be something bad made out of that. So you're going to have a chance. If you use the tools wisely, you're going to get what you want out of it. True wisdom comes to each of us when we realize how little we understand about life ourselves and the world around us Socrates this is a good way to be humble the more you read the more you learn and educate yourself turns out the less you know because the world is huge and it definitely humbles yourself where people do tend to pretend that they know everything when they don't it's like that's not good. That doesn't do good for anyone. It just helps you with your own ego and it doesn't really get anywhere. Kind of sucks. Like, once you become humble, you start learning from people. You're like, oh, I just got corrected. I, maybe I should ask this person, like, what's up? Like, tell me more. Let me learn from my mistakes. The mind is everything. What you think, you become. Socrates. What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. Pericles. I like Pericles. Um, yeah, so the more people you interact with and have a human conversation, the more people you can impact, and then they impact you, and you have this, like, plethora of, like, knowledge because you talk to all kinds of people and you can kind of you know throw it into your own kind of uniqueness out there and all of a sudden people like remember you for your characteristics your actions your ideas and so much better than you know a tombstone that marks your birth and death and like you know what you did in life i don't know 
I kind of don't like like that. I want to be remembered by, like, if I wrote a book or this podcast. Like, that's what's cool for me. That's how I want to leave this earth. The meaning of life is whatever you ascribe it to be. Being alive is the meaning. Joseph Campbell. So, yeah. The 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 big meaning, the meaning of all, the meaning of life. Eh, it's it's your life. Like I said, we're not so important, right? So, whatever you prescribe that meaning is, it is. There is not one big cosmic meaning for all. There is only the meaning we give to our life, an individual meaning, an individual plot, like an individual novel, a book for each person. Aeneas Nin. I just uh, started watching a show called The Magicians, and there's this library. It's in a fantasy world, I believe. It's called uh, Fillory. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it, everyone has their novel, a novel of their whole life in that library. So that's what's so unique is you are a whole novel. What What is your... Your past chapters don't dictate your current or future chapters. Anything can happen. So whatever you do right now at this moment dictates your next move. And if you're always thinking in the past, you're present, you're living in the past. So your present becomes your past. So if you're always living in the present, your future is always going to change. You know, it's going to mold into something unique instead of the same old, same old. What is the meaning of life? What is our purpose on earth? These are some of the great false questions of religion. We need not answer them, for they are badly posed. But we can live our own answers all the same. At a minimum, we can create the conditions for human flourishing in this life, the only life of which any of us can be certain. That means we should not terrify our children with thoughts of hell or poison them with hatred for infidels. We should not teach our sons to consider women their future property or convince our daughters that they are property even now. And we must decline to tell our children that Human history began with bloody magic, and it will end with bloody magic in a glorious war between the righteous and the rest. Sam Harris. So, this is this is sort of the same deal, that your life is what you make it. It's not dictated by others. Once you let others dictate your life, you live in a box. You live in a mold. People tell you what you are. You flip the script, tell them what you are. Don't follow, you know, if you want to believe and if you want to have faith, faith is great. You should have faith, you know, in whatever you believe in. But if it happens to be religion, cool. Like, do that. But, like, if it's that religion or else, you know, you don't have an open mind and you're not a student of life living curiosity then you're living in a box and there could be so much more to your life 
there are many Christians and many Buddhists that enjoy other religions. You know, they don't believe every single aspect, but there's like a lot of a lot of uh, things they do like. I believe it was Gandhi. I mean, don't quote me that said, "I like your God, I don't like your Christians." It was something along the lines of that. Like, love the idea of you know a Jesus Christ conscious. You know, be Christ-like. But you know, all the wars and everything that happened with that, you know, there's a lot of bloodshed in all religions, really. So, just having, you know, that open mind and not letting people tell you what you are. Everything has its wonders, even darkness and silence. And I learn, whatever state I may be in, therein to be content. Helen Keller. I like that one because, well, she's deaf and blind. So that's like, feels like nothingness, right? And she is, was a super successful woman and wrote novels and yeah. So she learns to be content in silence and like when that's got to be scary. And learning to content, be content in that, that's a fighter right there. And she's learned how to have wonders out of it. Hmm. I think there's something we can learn out of that. In 8,000 trillion, 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 trillion years into the future, after an un- unimaginable length of time, even the black holes are evaporated. And the universe will be nothing but a sea of photons, gradually tending towards the same temperature as the expansion of the universe cools them to what's absolute zero. Once the very last remnants of the very last stars have finally decayed away to nothing, everything reaches the same temperature, the story of the universe finally comes to an end. For the first time in its life, the universe will be permanent and unchangeable. Entropy finally stops increasing because the cosmos cannot get any more disordered. Nothing happens and it keeps not happening forever. So, you can look at that and think that it is, you know, kind of depressing, right? I mean, it is the universe is going to end and we're we're a little blip we're going to end well before the universe ends and that's uh very nihilistic you know you can look at it like life has no meaning because the life ends what's the point well you can think like that. But after you get past that stage, you flip the script. We are here for a blip. That means we're extremely special, rare. Things that are rare are hard to find. Not much of it. That's why we have, you know, rare cars. They only they hand make one a year. Or, you know, they by special order, 
it's very rare so it's super special people want it people look at it and go wow look at that car and the person driving it feels like a rock star that is what we want we crave that moments of bliss shocks of awe climbing the mountaintop and the earth is still and you breathe that air and you feel high you just feel like you're a leaf blowing in the wind you are one with nature that doesn't happen all the time it's a little moment a nugget of joy that's what this blip is in the universe it's the universe's moment of joy where life is flourishing and the cosmos is beautiful so that's how unique we really are i wrote the life cycle of everything is incredibly beautiful and breathtaking they are shocks of awe tiny little moments that inspire creates meaningfulness and changes our perspectives i believe we are meant to witness that we are meant to soak in the beauty of the universe we are the observers that is what we're meant to do we are meant to take in beauty live in the moment because in each moment you don't know what's going to happen so you really should focus and enjoy it even when it's depressing live in that moment feel depressed because you will not you don't know how to feel joy if you don't know how to feel depressed right you don't know good if you don't know bad you can't have something when you don't have nothing and you can't have nothing if you don't have something everything has a price so live in the moment enjoy those little nuggets of joy they don't happen all the time so stop chasing it and let it come to you it's a treat life's a treat enjoy your treats enjoy it with everyone else share it talk about it write it down in a journal share it with your kids your grandkids that's what we're meant to do and that's how special you are <laughs>